Blog Talk Radio. Come on, party people, get down, get in the groove. Come on, party people, get down, get in the groove. Come on, party people, get down, get in the groove. Burn, remix, up, go make your move. Ripping microphones is a habit, I got the fetish. Cooling in the crib with the brutes. It does run the folks loud. Giving you something that you could bounce to. Surround sound, tailor made the triangle L- or two. Word, LORD with militia. Coming to get you a vivid 3D picture. D-I-D-E-V, Mr. Tan. Had my girl the mic, Miss Toy ripped the j- Broadcast live and heard around the world. You are now listening to the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. It's the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com with your hosts, Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for football analysis from the best fantasy players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here are Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. Again, Rob, hello everybody. Welcome to this 19th High Stakes Football Hour by MyFFPC.com. Gatorade Studio. For the show is also by Castro X. Castro X double action formula. Sludge against new formation. Then tough in this. For more information, .com, the official of the NFL. And salutations to all you balkaholics and addicts. We're slightly above host, Eric Balkman, my co is, of course, original Disney. Gerzak. It's not the relevant Kellerman's puffiness. Was it handcuffed for hey, Plus, reigning DC Lee Joseph to discuss CJ Anderson and as well for Dean Pros versus Joe's comp. You want to try this? Sounds not so not good. Want to try and reconnect? Connect. Hang on. Stand. We are back, I believe. Yeah, we're back. So let us know if the audio is a little choppy. I'm hoping that it sounds a little bit better now. Um, but we have no way of telling so you guys can tell us. So definitely let us know in the uh, in the chat if it uh, if it is sounding bad. Um, I think it is still sounding bad. I wonder if we could show it on wireless. Try it. Try wireless? Okay, I will do that. Oh, we're off to suspicious beginning, but okay. Yeah, we really are. What are you doing? Okay, now we're connected again. So it should be going. Guys, let us know. Uh, once if I know there is a delay on Block Radio too, so what I'm talking about now won't be heard in the chat for like another 10 seconds or so. So $12,000 like, sweet baller setup like they have on the Fantasy Sports Channel. Or serious? Yeah. It's $12,000. We don't have that to – I'd rather pay that off in prizes. I got, I got that in my uh, box. You have twelve grand in your glove box right now, and you're advertising this on the radio. This it's in my garage. Number twenty four for audio fantasy football podcasts on iTunes right now. Are, people are listening. Probably one of the worst. One of the worst um, podcast. That's not true for audio. No, well, maybe tonight. But we have a great show, and I want to give everybody a shout out to the chat room right now. We got a ton of people in there. If you want to connect with us, if you have any questions for me today or Jamie, uh, post them in the chat room right now. You can also connect with us on Twitter at HSFF Hour, at David Gerzak, Facebook.com slash High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour, our Facebook page, 347 that's 347 Game Over, in case you wanted to uh, give us a call and chat with us tonight. Uh, we have the FedEx inbox also in effect. Uh, go ahead and email that at highstakesfantasyfootball@gmail.com. Our producer, Rob, 
Robin Mutual friend will get those to us as well. Our audio engineer, Bryce, being very hard now tonight on this audio fix. So stay, stay posted on that. I'm going to try to improve it as the show goes on, much like what we talk about on the show. We want to get better as the show goes on. Just get going. All right. So I want to draft sharks and football guys for tonight's round. Still and skip. Try to get here. Anything I have, I have, I am out of ideas. Can I call in? You can, you can call in if you wanted. Right. Yeah. Just. Okay. I don't want to. I don't. We uh, we are going in now. I again. There's a bit delay. So do you just want to start talking about Todd Gurley, Ray? And then just we'll have people chant if it's if it's bad. Okay. So Todd Gurley uncertain for training camp. He's coming off torn ACL, Dave. Jeff Fisher said this. If he's not popped, then I think you could probably assume he's going to play sooner than you think. He tore his uh, ACL in November. He's still going at the other half of the fourth round of drafts right now. To me, too much of a premium to be paid for Gurley. But then I think about Odell Beckham last year. And now everybody kind of wrote him off because he was having hamstring injury at the start of the season. He came back and crushed it. Are there any similarities or am I just grasping straws here with Gurley? Could Gurley be the type of guy who just comes in and crushes it when he is healthy? Uh, he could. Um, the problem with that is you know, that Odell Beckham is a once every 10 to 15 years type of situation. It's much more likely Gurley comes back. They bring him in and possibly in week seven or eight after that six weeks on the hook list. They slowly bring him in. He doesn't really do much until like week 12 and or year one is completely lost, really. He doesn't really do much that that whole season. So I, I wouldn't – I think you are overpaying for him at that point. If he is not popped, because we'll know if he's going to be popped by the time the main event in uh, at Caesars is held. If he's not popped, we know he's going to be playing or probably going to be playing before week six. Mm -hmm. Then would you pay a late fourth round pick for him. Yeah, then I would. I mean, you just listen to the news reports that he leaves. If he gets popped, do you have any interest in Trey Mason? Um, because I, I know his his draft he's going to rise up draft yeah, boards a little bit. I mean, it depends on where he goes. I'm still worth that offensive line. I know that they they tried to address it in the draft, but to me, it was so bad last year. Yeah, yeah I don't, it's not the offensive is not great. And then Mason, you have uncertainty. You take the uncertainty of being only playing for like six or seven weeks. There's the, the whole flip side. That's totally true. Kelvin Benjamin reported to OTA's weight apparently by eight to nine pounds, according to insider Jonathan Jones. He uh, has injured both hamstrings since reporting, and he's uh, missed the majority of practices so far. He is the 16th wide receiver off the board uh, right now. And I want to share a I little think story. That's high. I agree, but I want to, before well, I get to the me, analysis, let me, let me share a story. Tell me a story. Walter. David, I was listening to the Football Guys Audible podcast this morning, and oh. they brought up the subject of Kelvin Benjamin. Now, there's a certain list on there that I think I've brought up on this show a few times, and uh, those who are listening know who I'm talking about. Now, listen, I know how good Football Guys is. I know the content they create is awesome. <laughs> I know the hard work that they do really as fantasy players, and I certainly would not want to throw anyone under the bus who is more in the more in tune with the industry than me. But I'll say this. Excuse when me. Benjamin is reporting to eight to nine pounds overweight, and you say you are going to get an insider opinion from somebody in the building, and that insider opinion was, yeah, hey, look, he went to the buffet one too many times. <laughs> that was the insider insider opinion hey, that you got. 
Yeah. Dave, I, I, uh, that's a big buffet. Yeah. Well, you know, here's the thing. I was wondering about, you know, about Carlos Hyde on the show a lot. And I was wondering, oh, I wonder how he's looking. Well, I got a buddy in the Niners organization with a pair of eyes. And I said to him, it's like he'd be the starter this year. <laughs> Inside information on the high stakes fantasy football. Right? In all seriousness, Kevin Benjamin, you already said wide receiver 16, too high for you. Yeah, it's definitely high for me. I mean, you're, you're paying last year's price. I mean, he finished in that neighborhood last year. Had a lot of problems. You know, they drafted Funches. I think Funches actually takes the number one receiver role in that. Wow, team. really? This year? I think this year? I think this year will be pretty close next year for sure. Wow. I mean, Benjamin had a ton of targets. He had a ton of targets. Right. He had a lot of drops. Mm -hmm. He didn't catch a high percentage of them. Um, I think his targets are going to drop. I think Funches gets some of those. I actually think Funches is more talented. Funches is the guy playing in OTAs, and he's playing all three wide receiver positions. Okay. So, but, but let's make and a wager. Funches is like two years younger than Benjamin, by the way. It's true. Benjamin is maybe three. Maybe was, years. Well, Benjamin was one of those late breakout guys in college. Yeah. Okay, I want to make a wager on this because obviously I'm going to stick up for my Florida State settle here, Benjamin. Well, if I'm taking Funches, you got to give me. Something. That's why I'm not saying straight up. I'm I'm asking you like how you want to fund this. Sure. What do you think? What do you think is fair as far as um, you know, I'll get point spread of Benjamin over over Funches. Uh, I don't know, 65. Okay, so <laughs> you have Funchess plus 65. Sure, I see points. For, for a guy who is, according to you, going to be the number one receiver before the end of the season. Hey, man, but, but yeah, but this is against, you know, the so-called WR16, right. whatever it was. Then let me research this a little bit because I got to look at more projections. 65 is a lot. No, it's not. Yes, it is. That's like four points a week. That's two catches for 20 yards a week. Exactly. That's a lot. Yeah, you know how many rookie, rookie wide receivers have like 40, 604? Most of them. And that's actually a pretty good season as a rookie. Most rookie wide receivers suck. We don't even know if Funches is starting. No, we don't. But 65? We know Benjamin's starting. I feel like you're just bullying me into this. Look, I don't, you know, we don't need to make this wager. Let's move on. Now. Okay. I'm going to make this wager at some point. By the way, let me talk about the football guys' emails. I always enjoy, like, their little ticks. Yeah, I do too. And the reason, one of the reasons I enjoy them is that when there's a player they've historically hated, and then there's good news about that player, then they're always, like, trying to swirl away. <laughs> that little, they, no, you know, come on. They are. They're no, like, oh, no. you know, like, oh. You know, let's say um, Kevin White. Let's, you know, there's right, the right, next right. article is Kevin White's great depth chart. Let's right. say we're all over Kevin White. They're like, Oh, Kevin White buried in the chart. We really liked him a lot. He's not starting out so hot, but we really think he's going to still come through. Right. It's like, and then the news keeps getting worse and worse. Kevin White's you know, WR6, and it's September 3rd. It's like, oh, you know, it doesn't quite look like he's going to get there, but he's a strong guy in Dynasty. All right. Well, know? in their defense, you're not going to get all of them right. But no, I know. And they do get plenty right. I know they do. And I'm not talking about them. I'm just saying, I just I think that's funny. It's I think like, that's the way you have to do it. Especially when it's a player that I like and you haven't liked. It's like they're kind of like having to like turn back around, and then eventually weeks when it's like, ah, well, Allen Robinson is just crushing it this year, but they'll never say we totally boxed that one. Right, no, that's say, true. I wish they would. See, like I'll say what I want. You, and you have, yeah, you have. I missed on Beckham. I'm pissed. Well, I mean, that's like <laughs> a ton of people could could make that argument. Um, well, okay, so Kevin, what you are transitioned into it? Yeah. Is this? I mean, are you worried because John Fox has a history of not playing rookies, and now he's quote unquote competing with the number four job? Like he doesn't even have the four job; he's competing for it right now. I know he was banned 
banged up uh, a little with uh, with an injury. I think to his leg or something. I can't remember. Um, but uh, I mean, seriously, man, he's going Mar- to the sixth round, Mar- like in region. Yeah, yeah, and Mar- that's, that's Mar- sick. I mean, FFPC is, is going a little bit lower, but not much. Um, and then Martellus Bennett and, and Matt Orte there. Are you just kind of writing him off at, at that price for 2015? We're talking about Bennett now. Yeah, right. I, I would think. Ben, yeah, I think that's a little bit high. When Trustman is now gone, I don't think he's going to get the same number of targets. I think White in the sixth round is super, super, super high. I'm not. I'm not touching him there. Very risky. I mean, that's super risky at that point. I could bring up Bolin again, but Bolin's probably going to the 11th round. I think there's probably an 80% chance he outperforms Kevin White. We need some kind of Anquan Bolin production. Yes, no, it's the Bolin year. If you if you drink, if you're playing a drinking game, every time you mention Bolin, no, but I mean, like, we. I wish he had like some sort of memorable quote. Like, what what was the Bart Scott one? He said, you know, in, in, to Sal Palantonio. I, I can't. I remember. There's people screaming, but I wish Bolin had something like that so I could just play that every time we bring you should, up. Bolin. You should put a, a Bolin on. Thing on our we're we're gonna look for it. We're gonna look for it. We got James Joseph coming up in in just a minute here. One more thing. Sound too you sound like. Well, I want to remind everybody that I, I know it sucks listening to us, but we do have something good coming up. Uh, Duke John Dave working out at receiver for the Cleveland Browns, according to Insider Scott Petrack. Uh, Duke Johnson, thirty-eight balls, uh, thirty-eight receptions in his final college season. Looks like a very good passing uh, back. Yep. And the fact that Isaiah Kroll and Terrence West were were um, carrying the the mail last year for Cleveland, maybe Duke Johnson's going to be more of a pass catcher than anybody thought uh, in his offense, and that's the role that he's going to play. What do you think? Sigmund Bloom was talking about this last night. He said Duke Johnson could easily catch eighty balls this year in that offense. That's a lot. Of, I mean, that's a pretty big statement. I do like Johnson a lot. I think he's a really a great candidate to break out. I think you have the almost possibility that he just becomes a three down back as well. I mean. Kroll, he was an undrafted free agent. I know he was hi- pretty hyped by the draft mix. And Terrence West was a third-round player last year. He's still kind of a – it seems to me like he's kind of a boss. I think he's a boss. And then Duke Johnson drafted this new offensive coordinator. He was – you know, I think he had a big input there. I think they like him a lot. They want a versatile back. They don't want these big 230-pound potters. Josh McCann probably going to be the Cleveland Browns um, starting quarterback this year. Nice. Okay. How many <laughs> passes do you think he completes a game? 17? Yeah, they're going to run the ball a lot. They are going to run the ball a lot, but is 17 accurate or is that too much? I have no idea. Well, I'm just guessing. Does that sound like too much? It sounds, no, it doesn't sound like much. Dwayne Bow. Dwayne was their num- number one wide receiver. Gabriel? So, uh, Taylor, okay, yeah, Taylor Gabriel, I guess. Um, Out of Abilene somebody's got to catch. That's true. That's very true. Um, somebody's got to catch these passes, Dave. And I think Duke Johnson is going to be set up for a big time pass catching season. And, and if you're getting him in like the seventh or eighth round, I mean, that's almost like a must have for me at this point in the season. Yeah, at this point, yeah, seventh and eighth round, that's really nice. I, I think that, I don't think that he's going to, he's going to really, he will probably move up, and move up quite a bit, especially if he does anything in preseason. So I, I look for him to move up actually pretty, I mean, he might move up just based on little rumors and news and innuendos like this. Uh, he could move up just based on that. I mean, when you have such a fluid, fluid role on the team, I mean, it really can make a difference right away. Could he, news reports. Could he be a three-down back this year, or is that asking too much? I think he could. Why not? Interesting. Why couldn't he be? Well, I, I guess mean, he, he I go, okay, that's a bad no, way to frame He's it. only 205 pounds. I get it. He's not the – but, I mean, he outrushed all those other Miami backs. I mean, that's something that's a, that's a pretty big deal. Let me frame it this way. Could he be a t- – well, I don't want to say that. Percent chance that he finishes in the top 15 of running backs this year. 60? No, that's high. That's 40? Eh, well, I mean, if he starts, I would say 
35, 40, but right now I would say like 20. Okay. A lot of you there's don't a, get too optimistic. No, uh, yes, it's but you got me very excited because normally I bring this stuff up and you poo-poo it, but you're I mean, you're actually a twenty percent chance in the eighth round is still a pretty good chance. Yeah, that's, that's, that's pretty good. Very, very true. That very could be true. a league winner right there. We got a league winner coming up right now. I'm gonna introduce cool. him. He's uh when he's not doing Iron Man, jumping off bridges, diving with great white sharks, or drinking lots of beer, <laughs> you can bet he's getting fired up for high stakes fantasy football with the FFPC coming off a top 25 overall finish in main event last year, as well as a main event league title he is taking his second swing at the pros versus Joe competition next month. Please welcome into the show, Jamie Joseph. Jamie, what's up, man? Well, man, how's it going guys? This is, this is awesome. A Friday night in June talking about fancy football and I'm sitting here drinking a beer. What kind of, what kind of beer is it? Well, I've got a Bud Light. I'm from Texas. So I drink Bud Light. Is that, is Bud Light big in Texas? I didn't realize. Well, I know everything's big in Texas, but I didn't realize Bud Light was the. Big in was... Texas. Bud Light for <laughs> me. I mean, I, I'm not a big beer drinker. I mean, I, I tend to drink about ten beers, and I rotate right to vodka, and that's oh, how I drink tonight. I, you know, Two Packer, good friend show, is also a uh, a vodka guy, and I've actually started to drink more vodka as my liquor of choice lately. Yeah, it's good yeah, stuff, man. You drink vodka with Diet Coke, like two packer. Yeah, I do actually. He's the one who turned me on to that. Disgusting. Well, it's not like I drink it all the time. Had a vodka Diet Coke. Yeah, vodka is. Uh, it, it keeps me going during the night, especially when I'm, I'm having a late night. So it's uh, it's good stuff. Jamie, uh, I I don't know. Um, we're going to get into some of the crazy stuff that you've that you've done as far as the the sharks, the the jumping off bridges. But what are you doing for a living when you're not playing fantasy football? Oh man, I, I've been self-employed for for 18 years. I've been in the construction business uh, all 18 years. Um, basically, what we do, we we sell natural stone and and masonry supplies to all the new home builders uh, here in the, the Houston area and the Dallas area. And oh man, I've I've been doing that for 17 years. Love it, and, and um, it uh, gives me freedom, and I get time to do this and and uh, play high stakes fantasy football. You know, during during work hours, it's great. I find that I find that whole the home building industry interesting because my, my wife and I we built our home. We actually we hand picked our stone. So I kind of not that I know exactly what you're talking about. Hand picked stone. Well, you know, oh, right? Is that what you do? Like, so you get these homeowners who come in and they're like, and you do. Does your company like show the various options to them? Is that what happens? Um, no, you're like so you'd be like the uh, the pain in the ass customer that wants to come pick up yeah. individual. <laughs> That's piece. us. So, don't yeah, you have anything the, that you don't sell to everybody yeah. that we can get? The good stuff. Where's the exactly. good stuff? Yeah, give, me, you're the give me the stone in the back. <laughs> yeah, give them that stone back in the boneyard. Give that to them. <laughs> Every once in a while, people like you will we'll take some fake spray paint and you know, put paint on there and, and put it up, and they'll, they'll go, what the hell is that? Of course, we're just messing around with them, so. But uh, uh, I'm glad I'd be a great customer of yours. Oh, that's fantastic. I really like that. That's good. So Jamie, all right, back to back to not talking about fantasy. Um, from the photo we have of you, it looks like you're into Ironman triathlons. By the way, I enjoy the picture of uh, you and the wife holding the, you know, whatever the how you're doing a fantasy picture. That was great. How did you get into the Ironman? Uh, what can you tell us about competing in them that might surprise us? And you've all, and we're going to go into like you swam with sharks. Tell us about that a little bit. Yeah. So um, my last, so my last, so how I got into Ironman. I'll go into that first. Um, it's a, I'll give you a short version of it. Um, some people that I was doing boot camp with, some instructors, uh, they were training for the Ironman, and they asked me to go on a bike ride one day, so I did, and, and then I got hooked, and then they talked me into doing a sprint, which is like a, a miniature triathlon, which is a 500-meter swim, a 15-mile bike, and a, and a 5K. Well, 
I, I never swam a, a lane in my life. I mean, never competitively anyway. Um, I had a little bit of a cycling background, and I never even ran a 5K uh, until that race. And so the morning of that race, um, funny, it was it was freezing, the water was cold. And so, you know, I'm thinking scuba suit, you know, swimsuit, um, you know, swim skin, same thing. You know, so I show up in a scuba suit to do my swim. It's, it's a shorty. And literally, I was in the water, and I thought I was going to drown. I mean, I can't even breathe. And so, uh, you know, it was like a 13-minute swim, and, you know, you're supposed to get out of the water in about seven minutes in, in a swim like that. Um, and so I, I got out, and I was taking my time, and no one told me that the, the T1s where you, you, you uh, transfer from one discipline to the other, uh, no one told me that time counted, so I thought it was rest time. So I was taking my time and, and you know, getting my breath and getting my wits about me, and, you know, all the whole time that the, whole, the time was going against me. So. Um, yeah, so I ended up finishing, um, and what kind of what got me into doing Ironman was, you know, I saw these guys pass me with these tattoos on their, on their calves. And I said, I got to have one of those tattoos. And, uh, I, I strictly did it for the ink. I had, I had my races lined out. I signed up for four right off the bat and, um, uh, I was able to do three of them. And then I went to South Africa, did my fourth and I was injured and I, I did the swim. Uh, and, and that was it. And, and that's, uh, that, that leads me into the great white charts. That's where I did my. Um, you know, the brain on me, I go and do a great white dive before I swim um, in the ocean with the great whites in, in an Ironman triathlon. So, um, man, what an experience that was. Uh, I tell you, it was uh, very, very, very memorable. And uh, if I can do it again, I will. That's awesome. Uh, you swam yeah. uh, with the sharks in the triathlon in South Africa. Oh, you yeah. swam with the sharks in the uh, uh, main event last year. The Simone League. You were the champion. Congratulations. Do you remember about what that team has during the draft? That made it successful enough on top. Um, you guys are kind of cutting in and out, but I think I've got the question. Um, you're talking, I, I'm, you know, actually I tried to look that league up um, and I was unable to get it, but I'm thinking, is that the, maybe if you can help me press my, my mind, is that is that the one I went Jamal Charles, Rob Gronkowski? Percy Harvin, T.Y. Hill, and Macklin Cooks in my first six picks? I believe so. Yeah. Sir. So that, that was, uh, man, I, I, that was a team. You know, I'll, I'll go on down. I picked up Gates in the ninth, Hopkins in the tenth, and Odell Beckham in the fifth, in the 15 hole. And so, man, I was, I was looking good in t the entire season. Charles had a little bit of a, a down season. I mean, he wasn't Charles. Um, he kind of picked it up towards the end. Um, I was reaching for, for Macklin early. Um, he was a guy that I, that I had to have last year, and I, I tried to get him in all my leagues. Um, man, did he, did he come through for me. Um, Brandon Cooks was another guy I was high on, and I went, I went after him early as well. Um, and all those paid off. And um, if it wasn't for the injuries to uh, uh, Hilton um, and, and Cooks in the playoffs, I mean, that team, I think that team makes a run at the, at the title in the end. I mean, it, it, I was dead last in the – in the uh, regular season, I start. I mean, I was. I had to get in on points, and when when those guys all came together, and and, and Beckham Jr. came in, and those guys were hitting on all cylinders during the season. Man, that was that was fun. That, that makes fantasy football fun right there. And I came back and and uh, yeah, I ended up winning winning the championship. And that team, uh, I'm not sure where that team finished in the in the main event, but because um, I had two that finished relatively high, I just can't remember where this one finished. But yeah, what a team! 25th? Bob? I believe so. Finished in 25th? 25th. Yep. Yeah, I mean, if it wasn't for the injuries, shit, I should have been 
that should have been right there in the top five. I mean, I, that's how good that team was. If 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 I didn't have the injuries during the regular season and I had the points to get in, um, I would have been right up there seated real high, and I think this team would have gave me a chance to win, you know, minus the Hilton injury in you know towards the playoffs. What's your best finish in Ironman? Injury. Do you remember? What now? Best finish in an Ironman, Jamie? My top finish in an Ironman, uh, I want to say 55th and my 52nd in my age group. Um, you know, I was, I was, uh, I was good in the water, great on the bike, and I, I sucked on the run. I hated the run. I mean, uh, there's, I mean, during the run, it's just like I'm selling all my shit. I'm never doing this again. What am I doing out here? <laughs> you know, yeah, I need a beer. I mean, actually, I drank a beer on the run portion of Florida. And people were looking at me, go, oh, my God, that guy's drinking beer. Yeah, I was drinking a beer. I was miserable. I was injured. I was hurt. But you, you always find a way to dig deep and, and, and get through those those dark times. And, uh, you know, I kept on going back for more. And I've got an injured back now, so I'm done, man. I'm I'm, uh, I'm selling all my shit, and that's that's a promise. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. I think I first in the people in Iron Man. I'd be dead. I'd be not going to Yeah, but we're the first one to die. I might be the yeah, I don't think you talk about such a rip. Like the carb receivers you know what? this season. I'm it is a good question and it's a hitting topic. Is Larry the old piece of garbage paid Fitzgerald still the man? Is Michael the under Floyd back? John Brown out of Pittsburgh, the only guy who seems like he knows what he's doing. <laughs> gonna be that's the player so that's gonna shit all. What do you think? I know. Go ahead, Jamie. Um, you know, it, it kind of depends on what Carson Palmer does. I mean, if he's healthy, um, man, I think, I think all three guys have a decent season. I think Floyd's going to have a bounce back season. I think his, his season last year was pretty, pretty much dictated by the quarterback situation. Uh, he just never got on track. Um, uh, who's, who's the backup there? Help me. Oh, who knows? Oh, it's Stanton, but they, I mean, yeah, a ton yeah, of Stanton. different guys. Never, yeah. Drew Stanton. Yeah. He never, just, he never got on track with that guy. I mean, John Brown, I mean, with Fitz's injuries, uh, you know, he was kind of slowed slowed down last year. I, I think John Brown benefited from that. Um, I don't see – I mean, I see Brown uh, – there's a lot of looks to go around if, if, if Palmer's slowing the ball and you got to throw, you know, Ellington in the mix. And so um, I think Floyd has a bounce-back year and has a real good year. I mean, his ADP right now is um, – I think you're, you could sneak him and, and do well. Um, uh, he, maybe that happens. Maybe that doesn't um, come – come main event um you know these guys that have value now never have value when we when we go to draft um so uh you know i like floyd um does john brown get in there i think so if it comes back with another injury i think john brown could explode but i mean that's just uh you got to see what the two old men on that team do that's palmer and fitz i mean that's going to dictate what uh, john brown does i believe um but yeah there's a lot definitely a lot of targets to go around in arizona we're talking with of 2014 at and and Jamie, uh, you you play you pass played more than one main event team. And one thing I always like to hear from people who do that: Are you trying to? And it's always possible. You usually don't have the pick in the first round. Throughout the draft, get past those rounds. Are you acquire the same players on multiple teams or diversify a little bit to be different and trying to? Different players, different teams for more. Uh, I mean, yeah, I try to diversify as, as, as the best I can. I mean, but obviously, if there's value that comes your way, and and 
you know, you got the guy before you drafting three quarterbacks in a row or some something, something like that. You're going to have value, and it could be value that you have on other teams. Um, yeah, so I, you know, it's uh, I try to diversify. I mean, you know, you never want to be the guy that you know. Just, I mean, I, I, obviously Adrian Peterson's the number one pick, but I mean, look what happened if you drafted him, and you you had a top top three pick, and Adrian Peterson fell in your lap every time last year. I mean, you were screwed. So I don't like to be in that position. I, I like to I like to diversify, like you said. Um, obviously, if there's there's value that falls my way that um, I have on other teams, and you know I'm gonna take advantage of that. Think about Monte Ball. This is my next. This is the question I'm supposed right. to ask about. <laughs> Do you? <laughs> I you know Jamie, I get the crappy questions here, my friend. But uh, that's all right. I try and make do. I try I try and take care. Well, of Well, I think you're. Well, the- Talk about you know the, the guys listen, on his team that, listen, that no anymore. I take the turds. You, know. that's basically <laughs> the roles on this show. We're for, I guess well, we're forced again to bring up Monte Ball. Do you like him or do you think C.J. Anderson uh, is the main man in Denver? I think Monte Ball sucks. I uh, I think <sighs> he's terrible. I think I think it's. I mean, is he related to Ron Dane? I mean, seriously. Yeah, they're look alike. He has he has Ron. That could be Ron Dane. I would, I, I would, I it, I would not. It would not shock me. I think that they have similar facial hair. I think that they have their the shape of their face. It's kind of that pudgier type uh, face that that uh, not a lot of Wisconsin runners have. And they both had a lot of success at Wisconsin. Did I you think say they, that they both went to the buffet one time. Tonight? I would. Uh, yeah, I got a guy. They, I got they both a guy. The water for sure. <laughs> I, I think I brought this up on the show before. Ron Dane, uh, double captain and Diet Cokes. That's his drink of choice. Really? Yeah. I, 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 this is going to sound terrible. Now. I actually do have a buddy who bartended at a, an event that Ron Dane was at and um, that he was doing a signing or whatever, and that's what he was ordering all night was well, double captain diets. And my buddy Kurt was at a strip club with Steve McNair, and he was drinking Belvedere, Belvedere. on the rocks. Yeah, that's so true. There you go. Jamie, if you didn't know that, who cares, right? <laughs> oh, anyway, yeah, go I, ahead. Yeah. Nothing wrong with going to strip bar once in a while. I mean, I hope my wife's not listening. Jeez, she can't stand those places. No, but but seriously, I mean, who? I mean, I saw an article where uh, Monte Ball says the reason why I wasn't any good in Denver life because I couldn't do I couldn't do uh, core workouts. I couldn't do my sit ups. Come on, you couldn't hit a halt and fucking hit you right in the face. I mean, dude, that guy's terrible. Really, that guy's horrible. I mean, I mean, he blames he blames his running the, his lack of running on not being able to do sit ups. Come on. He's horrible. He's I mean, it's CJ Anderson. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, I tried. I told you I was trying to try not to drop an F bomb, and I did. And I, I apologize. I, I've been very, very. You know, not, not the first time. Don't worry, the sensors are okay. you know, bleeping those out. I think the okay, audio is chopping well, those out automatically. I think the audio is chopping. So I mean, I mean, I don't know. People not, might not be hearing my interview at all. But um, yeah, so <laughs> that's just CJ Anderson's job to lose, guys. I mean, uh, last time I checked, Peyton Manning's still the coach. And C.J. Anderson did everything well last year. I mean, he catches the ball, he, he blocks, he runs the ball like a madman. Um, I think the guy behind C.J. Anderson is Hillman. I mean, uh, Ball, I don't know what – he must be – you, you know what? He probably got his marijuana card. He's smoking marijuana right now when he said that, or he thinks this. You know I mean? He must have ha- – he, he has to have a marijuana card right now. That's why he was all those pop by the way. Because of all the, all the pop <laughs> It's like, what do you want late-night pizza Having all the potheads. Well, great, great market research. You anticipate demand happens. It's the transition. Next part of his life. Yeah. And 
And, Monte uh, Ball is, is going to have less touchdowns, and, and he'll be out of the league sooner than Ron Dane, probably. That's my that's my guess. My prediction. Yeah. Predictions by Joseph. I like that. Don't quite. That's good. Hey, uh, two years ago, you were in the versus competition. Solid chin. You in the middle of the pack. That's actually, that's lucky. Middle of the pack? Joe's. Solid showing. It's kind of. What's, what's a solid showing? It's like third in your league. Solid. Sixth is like. Finished third in his league. I, I just. I'm not trying to dog him. That's no, fine. So anyway, he saying that I, you guys are cutting it out. Did he just say that I was soft in the pros versus Joe's competition? Yeah, Sorry. two yeah, years I, I ago. Was, on the, yeah. I was. I was uh, horrible. You, I mean, I can't believe I finished in the middle of the pack. Actually, but <laughs> did you did you I learn was. anything? Anything from uh, from that year that you're going to be taking 2015 pros? Any anything that you learned that's going to help you draft a dom? this year uh, well i mean you know i try to go back and i try to pull that up because uh, i you know that's a one of those drafts that i want to forget um i, I want to say I, I was i was running back heavy um and it, it didn't do me any good i think i had a, a few injuries along the way uh just like anybody but uh, mine were think i think mine were more significant um uh than most um i, I like i said i can't pull that up so um but i definitely don't want to do what i did back then how's that <laughs> so I'm going to do better. I mean, my, my whole goal here is, you know, so I have to say this. I mean, um, you guys, I mean, I thank, thank the FP, FFPC for, and, and Draft Sharks. I'm a big Draft Sharks guy for fueling my addiction. And so my, my goal here is to beat the Draft Sharks guys, you know, the pros, the pros. So um, and that's my first goal. But, yeah, I'd like to win the contest this year. I think I have a good, a good shot. Um, um, you know, I'm not going to go running back heavy this year. I, mean, I, I, just, I don't think the running backs, um, uh, it's just – it's taken me a while to to figure that out because I, it's, you know, four or five years ago I was just running back, running back, and and I just didn't didn't get it. But now I'm getting it, and uh, you know I'm on fire now. I'm ready. Well, speaking of wide receivers and going wide receiver, let's talk about one of the most elite packs in the entire NFL. Only 30 minutes from uh, the studios here. That's the pack. Jordan, Randall Cobb, old just had surgery. Randall has some injury uh, history. Just they recite contract. You know, they've been talking about Adams a lot. TA is Devontae looking at him in the eighth or ninth this year. Uh, I actually just drafted Adams in the I believe I want to say the eighth. Um look any any guy, any wide receiver catching balls from Aaron Rodgers has the ability to do big things. Um and given Jordy Jordy Nelson's hip injury, I, I'm still not buying into Jordy Nelson's healthy and and you know I don't, I don't know what kind of hip surgery he had, but every time I see somebody has a hip surgery, they're still limping. I mean, my neighbor across the street, I mean, he had one, and he, he can barely walk, and it's like eight months after, you know. I'm not saying that's the same thing for Jordy Nelson. Um, but, yeah, I, I just not, uh, I'm not high on Jordy Nelson this year. I, I just don't uh, – until I see him and know, know what he's going to do um, in the preseason, um, I'm not buying into the hype. And maybe you guys can – what do you guys think? You guys, you guys are in the area. I don't know. But I just don't – I don't believe the reports that, that he's going to be 110% come the first game of the season and this, this hip injury is not going to affect him. Get the Wall Street. I don't get the local. I'm not really sure <laughs> what these beat writers are talking about. Well, in all seriousness, though, Dave, <laughs> I say that you have more than once on the show within a couple of months brought up – maybe it wasn't on the show, maybe it was – but you brought concern about Nelson's hip and, and wondering if – 
how good he's going to be able to bounce back from that surgery. It's, I mean, get a little older. I mean, I had a shoulder surgery and it was back, you know, weights and stuff like that. It's tough, man. It's tough coming back. From, people talk about surgeries and coming back. Well, he'll be ready for this. Your workouts, not running as much. It's a, it's a challenge to be elite, especially when you're, at, you know, you're in the top one-tenth of one percent of athletes playing football in the world. I mean, you have to be like on your game. I'm unless you're a defensive tack. <laughs> you just push the guy He's down. Got a chest, and that's pretty much push the guy down. Yep. Jamie, we got a we got an email here. I wanted to read you. This is from Steve in Hartford, Connecticut. It's it was kind of it's, it's a strategy question that you were just talking about with uh, going running back heavy. He uh, trying out an FFA satellite draft next week. Do you advise that I load up on receivers and tight ends and worry about running backs later, or is it smart to grab one away before receivers? Thank you, Steve and Hartford. Thanks for the email, Steve. Jamie, what about, uh, I mean, is this a strategy you're applying in in pros versus Joes this year with uh, getting receivers and tight ends and maybe not worrying uh, as much about running backs? Uh, I think uh, did Steve just say that um, you guys were cutting it out. So Steve said that was this is his first FFPC draft coming up. That is correct. Okay. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, when these rookies they see that that one and a half tight end thing gets you excited, and and you want to draft tight end, tight end, and maybe tight end again. But um, you know, unless you're getting one of the, the the top three, top four guys, in my opinion, you know, top five guys, um, you don't want. I don't go tight end too early. I mean, uh, last year for me it was. It, it was, uh, you know, if you can get a good bell cow guy, the guy who's going to get all the carries, you know, like your Lashawn McCoy, which you totally bombed. Um, Adrian Peterson, another one, totally bombed. But um, let me let me get to some of the ones that did real well. Um, you know, Jamal Charles, he did okay for me. Um, you know, um, if you get Arian Foster, the guys that are going to carry the rock. I mean, if you can get one of those guys, uh, I, I say do it. And then, and then, uh, you know. I would fill in with some nice top-notch wide receivers if you can. And, and if you get a good tight end that comes to you, um, especially like a Gronkowski, um, which probably won't come back to you in the second this year. I mean, everything I'm seeing, he's going in the, in the first round. Um, I've seen him go in the second on a couple drafts. But, yeah, I, I'd go wide receiver and, and then finish your finish your top six out with a, with another running back. And then most of the time I try to go running back, wide receiver, and, and then I look just look for the value. Uh, a lot of the, the guys are high reward, high risk guys. So, Jamie, this is one of our questions. It's in fact out of all the questions, it's the only one I like because it's always you know it's better. Than There's the a comfort ones. level for you because you know it's coming. Yeah, and it's always the same question. Give us one question, one question, one answer. One player. We're going to make sure you as many teams as you can this year. One, star, one, star, one of these guys, and then. One guy you're not, no matter what, you wouldn't draft with his team. One lost and one sleeper. One sleeper. Um, one sleeper, man. Um, man, I, I like Amari Cooper, um, rookie. I, I think he, I think he's going to have a good season. I think he's going to do uh, uh, some, some Evans, you know, Odell Beckham type stuff. Um, you know, the, the quarterback was coming into his own. Um, you know, Anderson was coming into his own last year at the end of the season and looked really, really sharp to me, and he's throwing the ball to to nobody's. I mean, Rod Street or uh, James Jones. I mean, who are those guys? Um, you know, so I think I think Amari Cooper, I think he really does well. He's he's kind of a sleeper for me. He's not so much a sleeper. I mean, I mean shit, he's going way ahead of um, where he should be, in, in my opinion, right now. But 
if I can get Amari Cooper on my team, I'm doing it. Um, I think he's a sleeper. Um, you know, uh, I like I like Cameron as a tight end. I, I think he's I think he's going to have a bounce back year. I think you know he's injury free and he's playing in a great system. Um, but you know, the guys that I absolutely won't have. I mean, anybody's catching catching a pass in Cleveland, Buffalo, or Tennessee. How's that? <laughs> yeah, I. It's a strong advice, and I definitely agree with it. From I mean, Buffalo Tyrod Taylor, really? Is they said he's in the running? Are you kidding me? Who who is Tyrod Taylor? Uh, he has alliteration for his name. Even Virginia Tech fans are unsure <laughs> of who Tyrod Taylor is. Uh, Jamie, listen, this was a pleasure having you on tonight. We learned. Uh, we learned. Uh, I had fun learning about and, uh, swimming with sharks. Now uh, we get to see. Uh, Pros versus Joe turns out in just a few. We'll be broadcasting those live on the air. For the yeah, we'd love to talk to you again during the draft for sure. I wish you best luck in that draft and good luck the rest of the season, man. Thanks a lot, man. Anytime, guys. Thanks. Thanks, Jamie. Joseph, 2014 FFPC League Champ, going to be in the pros. David, would you make a phone call? Person is there. God bless you. Man. Let's go to uh, Colorado. Colorado, you're on the air. Colorado, passed out. <laughs> Colorado. Maybe, maybe no. for third. <clears throat> wait, wait. We got, a live yeah, person? We got yeah, we got one for you. Can you hear us? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, so, Jamie, the uh, – oh, he's not. Is, is Jamie you with can us? You can ask us the question. You can ask yeah, us the so question, the, sorry. Yeah, just – just curious, uh, one of the things I keep track of is the different um, offensive coaching schemes. What's your guys' thoughts on uh, some of the biggest uh, increase upsides from last year to this year with the new head coach uh, going into the system? What, what, what are some of those two or three players? Biggest upsides from last year to this year? My biggest one, I'm going to say right away, is, uh, is Justin Forsett with Trustman going to Baltimore throw the ball just a ton and a ton to running backs. Even Flacco was talking about it. I mean, I, I think in this, I think Forsyth is underrated, but such a late break there that no one gives credit and Dynamon cares because they figure it out next year. Um, but for redraft purposes, I love that play. I think he's going to be fantastic. We'll say this as a before for this, normally when there's a new offensive system, and I really am, am pretty, you know, tepid about, uh, drafting guys on that because so many unknown don't know exactly how a player is going to react. I do if I like force uh, in Baltimore with Tressman. I happen to like Devontae Freeman and Coleman with Kyle Shanahan in Atlanta. That's not being talked about a whole lot uh, because these running backs aren't going in like the third or fourth round. They're going much later than that. So I think those are two guys that I'm excited about as far as the coach is this year. And that no offense, I'm really staying away uh, unless like a four-set situation in ball. Let me just also, if you're looking to subscribe to, we always run the sites, but um, BFC Football, tranquilly famous for his coaching tree article year comes out. It's always got little toes. I don't really know how to word this properly. But he knows. But he knows football. So grant him that. You should just have some proof it. Just have a good proof it. It takes 20 minutes. Yeah. The Lude never reaches out to me. He so. doesn't. But anyway, that's if you want there if you're looking for the schemes, Lou is money. Hey, thanks a lot for 
Really appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, that, that was that was a good nugget. Appreciate it. Thanks. Colorado hanging on way too long. Um, that You're was, better than that. Um, you know, come on. Um. Anyway, let's move on. Feedback, Dave. I read a from Bronson the show shortly after. Uh, we went off the air last week. Hey, Eric, I recently discovered you. See, you know that this guy just recently discovered the podcast because he didn't the email to me. He just thought that it was me. It's Eric's show. Well, no. It's Eric's no, show. No, no, no. You've always, three out of the last four weeks, you've been gone. And then the other one, I was gone. Well, I mean, we've had our personal. Uh, yeah. We've been working through them. Yeah. Thank God for counseling. That. <laughs> recently discovered the podcast and loved the show. I just had a real quick key question. I was hoping advice on i'm in a ppr two league six points for td passes the 10 pick in the draft and my keeper options are using first rounder to keep a rod or i could keep gronk or cj anderson giving up my last pick uh no that's it might also be worth mentioning if i keep gronk again this year next year he moved to my first round next year so i'd probably be done with him banderson i could keep 16th for the next two years I have no idea what to do. Thanks for the help. Love the show. That's Bronson. So you can keep player. You can keep one of those. To can me, he, can you keep him again next year? I'm just, he, he, he can, but if he keeps ground this year, then next year he would have to give up his first rounder. So he okay, his first rounder for a rod. When is what's Gronk? When I'm is, a, I'm assuming second. If, well, he doesn't specify, but he says Gronk. Given my English skills, mm -hmm. he says Gronk or CJ giving up his last. So I don't know if Gronk. Giving up a six footer, even CJ Anderson for that much of value. I mean, that value is insane. Over You're, Gronk, yeah. I, you know, I, as I would, I mean, in a vacuum, I like Gronk better. Mm -hmm. Um, but if Gronk is like, let's say he's a second rounder or even you know, whatever 16th rounder for CJ Anderson, the only thing you're really concerned with, in my opinion, is you're concerned that Anderson somehow gets beat out by Monte Ball. And I'm talking to Jamie, that just can't possibly. <laughs> so, the is there, held in the house. um, CJ Anderson block for Peyton Manning. So, I mean, Anderson for a few years at that own price, you almost have to take that risk and do it. Uh, and if he does Anderson, he only gives up a 16th rounder as well. No, oh, that's fantastic. No, no, that to me is a no-brainer. To me, it's not a no-brainer. It's that That is my choice as Anderson. But again, I will preface this and say it is a quarterback. And there are six-point passes. All right. I mean, you know, for that purpose, Rodgers, it's, it's a difference. Still take Anderson. But and I'm, I'm going to agree with you. I would take Anderson as well. Yeah. So, uh, Howell, good friend of the show from Hawkeye Hellraisers. He brought this up when we were uh, talking right. this week. Interesting stat about Larry Fitzgerald. Turn me around on Fitz, buddy. I like him. Without Carson Palmer as his quarterback in 10 games last year, yep. 31 catches, 301 yards, no touchdowns, six fantasy points per game. Nice. With Palmer as his quarterback, four games. 32 catches, 483 yards, two touchdowns, 23 fantasy points per game. Dave Fitz healthy this year, and so is Carson Palmer, allegedly. You got to love Fitz with those stats, man. That's interesting. That is a fantastic stat. He had more catches yep. in his four games with Palmer than he did in the 10 games without Palmer. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. That's crazy. I don't, I, I don't know. I, I thought I had the the ADP listed on there, but apparently I don't, I, people can help us out, but I want, if Kevin White's going in the sixth round, I want to say that Fitz is probably right around there. 
No way, dude. Fitz is probably going in like the 10th. No, he's not that late. Oh, That's, yeah, that, Fitz is going uber late. Th- that is insane. By the way, that pace, let me just do the math for you if it's over four games. Over a 16-game season, that puts Fitz on pace for 128 catches for 1,932 yards and eight touchdowns. For that's with the Palmer pace. The Palmer pace. <laughs> you know, you said you know that was actually kind of brilliant. You didn't even mean it to me, and then you kind of laughed. well, no, because, because you you, thought, you I I was just clarifying. I was trying to figure it out. Yeah, if it was four games, if he had four games, right? You said four games, thirty-two for four, forty-three yep. and thirty and two touchdowns. Exactly. That's one twenty-eight, nineteen, thirty-two, and eight. You know what's great about that is I have Fitz kind of like hanging on to some of my dynasty teams, and I'm like I couldn't even give them away in dynasty to anybody. No one would ever take them for anything. Like I really I could I could try and. Fits for 2016 second, everyone would laugh at me. They'd be like, "Up, oh, that cannot possibly be." No, right. that's not. That's just receivers. That that's the actual one right there. 95. Yeah. 90. So you're right. So what is that? End of the eighth. What's 12 um, times eight? Is that 96? Um, is the end of the eighth. 12, 12 like times that. eight, 96. Yeah, I know my math. Yeah. Buddy. Yeah. So you're. Yeah. I mean, eight, eleven. To me, that's tremendous value. Done. That's even better. I you know what. Okay. Kind of agree. You know what? How old? Did you, you did he change about, did you change your mind? How you change my mind? And I swear to God, if Fitz sucks this year, I'm gonna I'm gonna email you, I'm gonna call you, and I'm gonna be pissed. And he'll just be like, Hey, look, man, you knew the risks. I'm a hellraiser. Rob and Bristol, Vermont. I don't know if this is producer Rob. So Rob the bear in Vermont, not Connecticut. Uh Bristol, Vermont. That's what it says. Right. Is there Bristol in Vermont? I don't know. I've never been there. So the Bears just signed Daniel Thomas, and I have no idea who to go after Forte handcuff in my slow draft. No one. I'm hoping you guys answer this before any of them are gone. Or should I just avoid or should I just avoid grabbing a handcuff for him entirely? Ding ding ding. It's a D. So if Forte goes down, I am screwed without his backup with no ability to sign anyone else during this. Grab somebody else. So just not not Thomas, not Langford, not Carrie, nobody. You're not taking any kind of insurance in a DE. I would not. Reason why is you don't know which one of those guys is going to get. But wouldn't you want to get one of them? No, I'd rather get another player that has a shot. In the 14th round, there's got to be somebody who's got a shot to start. Keith Langford's still in the 28th. Would you take him? Keith? His name? Keith Langford. Is it Jeremy Langford? Who's Keith Langford? I don't know, but there was a guy that helped us with FFPC last year, but his last name isn't Langford. I got to look this up. (laughs) Oh, there's a Keith Langford. Is that that one of those porn stars that watch those porn? Keith Langford. There, American (laughs) basketball player. (laughs) He, he currently plays for Unix Kazan of the VTB United League. Dude, you've been watching the Ocho too much. 31 years old. It's great. This is fascinating All content right, for people. I'm just it. saying, like, I knew I heard of a Keith Langford before. <laughs> okay, so you're saying... In, Odds are good there's a Keith Langford playing an athletic somewhere in the world. You're ignored entirely. I am not. I would yes. take one of those guys. I'd but, pass on Keith or Jeremy Langford. You know, Lance Turvis brought this up on the show last week as far as handcuffing goes. He does. I heard the show was uh, fantastic. Did you listen to it? No. but I thought I, you were going to say I heard the show. No, obviously I didn't listen to the show. I heard it was good. Right. It was It was a lot of fun. Lance was great. He, one of the things he brought up with handcuffs is he, he really look at what stud is on whose team, whether it's on his team or somebody else's team. He's just looking for handcuffs with opportunity, regardless of whose they are. Totally. So, except it, for I, I have one caveat to that. Go ahead. Okay. So in this case, Lance would say, "I don't like," I don't, and I don't know what his feelings were about the Bears running backs, but he would probably be more likely to go after somebody like Willside, who mm-hmm. who could be really good, who's right. got talent, right. and and all he needs is an injury for an opportunity. I agree. What's the caveat? Okay, so if I take Jamal Charles really early, right? Yeah. Al Davis is eight. Whereas the ninth, right. this, this is the old Arian Foster. And, Bentate and someone thing. takes him like in the round, yeah. I mean, like two rounds early. 
Oh, I'm hunting, man. I'm hunting right after all of his handcuffs. Oh, are you really? Oh, then I'm going after Really? Oh, all of them. Oh, I'm I'll not like – In that case, if he has Forte, I'm taking all three of those pieces of crap. See, then, then you train wreck your team. Well, you know. That's that's a vindic- that vindictive fantasy, man. Gabe Spikers, I'm spiting with. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, there you have it, if ladies and gentlemen. Drafts my my one hand cup that matters. I'm For anybody pissed. drafting with Dave in Kentucky this year, heed these words. <laughs> he's, he's like he was like like emphasize his point, and he had his hand on my shoulder, and there's red mark on my shoulder right now from that. And why I'm wearing a shirt without sleeves on the show, <laughs> I don't know. Let's yeah, well, move on to the next email before you, hurt, you showered. seriously hurt me. <laughs> What's up, Easy and Dre? I was all set to hop oh, on. You see that movie, Straight Outta Compton? I, you know, Op- Optimus Prime was asking me about that you have today. To go with Kurt. Yeah, so. I said I'd probably just wait for iTunes. I just, oh, come on, that's ridiculous. Yeah, I just, no, I can, I. You're too just young. telling me before the show. You're tell, too young, right? No, I know. I, I, you know who's in that? As I think one of their managers, Paul Giamatti, who I love. Oh, yeah, I, and I would totally be down. I'm we'll see sideways it. and drinking wine the other night. Pino oh, really? Wine, by the way, yeah. Oh, nice. Anyway. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I just don't have the time. I, well, let me know when you go, and, and I'd be down for well, it. I'll text you. I'll put it in the group chat. I was all set to hop on the Rashad Jennings bandwagon, but Shane Vereen is getting so much love. He might be picked ahead of Jennings in draft soon. Where do you guys stand on those two guys? That's Alex, and he signed it, uh, you know, the location. Straight out of Toronto, Ontario. Nice. Yeah, so I like that. What was that one dude's team name? That was straight, straight out of, out of Wakefield? Yeah. yeah. I forgot that guy. I, I don't remember, but there's a guy who plays in the Football Guys Players Championship, and he, he his team name is usually straight out of Wakefield. It's okay. STR and then the number eight. Yeah. I always enjoy it. I, I enjoy it too. I always know it's going to be a good draft when yeah. I commission this. Yeah. Anyway. Um, Vereen Jennings. You know, I'm not, I'm not real. I'm not big on Jennings' talent. He's old. I don't really like him that much. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm like four seven. He's old, but he's good. Uh, Vereen. Is he? Yeah, he's pretty good. He's in a good situation. He's in a good situation. Great situation. Yeah. Good character. Character guys quoting verses on Twitter. So anyway, Vereen, <laughs> Vereen, I like Vereen. I like his talent level. I feel that New, New England always under checks just kind of a freak that way. Mm-hmm. I don't think New England or I don't think New York's gonna make that same mistake. I think that Vereen will get a lot of. And plus, in PPR, he has that. He just has that good uh, floor because he's gonna get a ton of catches. So I like I like Vereen. You know, Andre Williams isn't gonna get, catch passes, but I apply the, the same logic you've always applied in the past. Jennings is the starter, man. I'm not taking Vereen over Jennings when Jennings is a starter. And it's not like Jennings is, is like some sort of Mark Ingram that has is to catching passes. You know, he's going to catch passes. Yeah. And the fact that Vereen is now going, you know, whatever it is, 15 picks behind uh, Jennings. Going to pay that right now, and I know the the reports have been simply glowing. He's <laughs> Jesus Christ and shoulder pads, blah 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 blah. You know, it's just I'm gonna try to avoid the hype. I like, I reserve the right to change my mind, but that's where I stand. And see, that's the thing is, I just don't like Jennings and I'm just not gonna. I just kind of he's one of those guys. I just pass over him and I just don't like him. Yeah, and sometimes that comes back to bite me in the ass, and sometimes not. And most of the time, it doesn't because that's why you still do it. Yeah, I, I guess not because I do. I just I'm like yeah, I don't like him, so I don't like him. I'm not going to like him ever. Dave, interesting email here. Earl from Stoughton's son-in-law oh. has sent us an email. This is Did, Paul. Hopefully, Earl didn't pass away. Stoughton, Wisconsin. He doesn't say anything in here about it. I loved <laughs> hearing Earl's emails on the show, so I thought I'd. One, what about what this year? Gordon, a lot of passes for the Badgers. Thinking we might have six matches. This season, his English is a little bit better than Paul than, and Stoughton, than, Wisconsin, than the elder Earl. Well, 
is just kind of he's more of like a lives on a fishing point of his life doesn't really care what a anybody pontoon. thinks i don't know you don't fish on a pontoon for like i mean you can but it's not like where you'd want to hole up you know you gotta right. have something with some substance well, you know that's an interesting question i actually pose it to you Bulky. what do you think yeah well you know dave <laughs> who i own in blake carrington danny mr danny woodhead danny mr on the trade block Woodhead. no he's not on the trade block no i am going into to this season with woodhead that i think number one people aren't recognizing this i think everybody has, sees melvin gordon and they realize oh my god he's the answer to the chargers running yeah. back situation and they'll kind of just ignore everybody else another guy that's it could be sneaky this year is brandon oliver if anything happens. I saw him excel in several games last year he had a couple of clunkers too but he's free right now i mean you could get him late in the de no problem back to woodhead uh yes uh, he is going to be catching passes in that offense this year and i like him and i will be targeting him in drafts this year because he's the type of guy that if you're starting running backs on a buy or maybe you waited on running back and and um you took your second one in like the sixth round like that woodhead's a perfect number three running back for your situation because he can and get 10 to 12 points every single week with those catches so i love danny woodhead for where he's going right now your thoughts where's he going again what what round i i, I don't know offhand yeah you know third, i mean it's I it's not would, it's not it's like double digits yeah i, I mean it's not my rb3 rb4 rb5 I, I would kick it around a little bit okay so well i um, mean but by the way brandon brandon oliver i mean he's the type of guy that belichick should just kick over a fifth round pick him up and all of a sudden he's a new marine does just as well wouldn't that be just like belichick it would, don't you think yeah like if it, hey what do you want for oliver you're not gonna you know, you know. i will say this they might have somebody like in already in that in traveris cadet i mean there's a lot of people talking um but he, he's a patriots running back so you never know draft him in des don't draft him anywhere else well what about that guy who, um the guy who's on carolina that they picked him off they stole him off oh there. tyler gaffney yeah he's gaffney. still yeah he's still he was a metric superstar by yeah the way. With Stanford. Plus, and, he's smart because he got into Stanford. <laughs> right. Exactly. Uh, well, ladies and gentlemen, uh, to all your problems this year, I don't care what Dave says. Good. I hope that's not the summation of the show. That is the summation of the show this week, everybody. I want to thank Jamie Joseph. I want to thank FedEx. I want to thank Castro DTX, Gatorade, the FFPC, our producer, and mutual friend Rob, audio engineer Bryce, and most importantly, all of you listeners. Thank you so much, guys uh, and girls. Uh, next week, Pros versus Joe's veteran and 2015 Pros versus Joe's player, Brian Pakula, is going to be on the show about his experience with the uh, the Pros versus Joe's and let us know his strategy for this year drafting in it. Uh, happy Father's Day to you, my friend. Thanks, and same to you. Thank you very much. Happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there uh, playing in the FFPC. Great Father's Day promotion going on. Go to myffpc.com right now. Get your $250 team, draft it with your dad. Uh, and he got a free $35 team, which is a great deal. So check that out at myffpc.com. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening. Happy Father's Day. Your weekend starts now. This has been another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by myffpc.com that was broadcast live and heard around the world. Eric and Dave will be back next week with more analysis, interviews, and advice from a guest much smarter than they are. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk with you again next week. I look good, I look good, I look exactly the way you wish you could. I look good, I look good, I look good. Come on. Joe said that I'm the best in the West.